Welcome back to another episode of Blessed Is She That Believe. We're in season three and I titled this um, podcast episode, Judgment Begins With The Church. Ooh, it's heavy, but you know, like my pastor says, it's tight, but it's right. (laughs) Well, before we get into it, let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for each and every listener right now. I thank you for your word that will go forth, Father God. Let it go forth unadulterated. Let it go forth, Father God, without interference or without hindrance, Father God. Lord, I just thank you right now for who you are. Thank you for your majesty. Thank you for your sovereignty, Father God. Father, I just thank you right now that you are just God. And there is no respect of persons with you. Father God, I thank you that this word penetrate every heart that hears it, every heart that receives it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, (laughs) y'all, let me tell you something. Um, I'm not trying to, I'll, I'll say this. I'm already listening because this, mm, this has been weighing on me heavy since the Lord showed me these scriptures. And I was like, okay. It's time out for the foolishness. It's time out for the tomfoolery and the malarkey that is in the body of Christ. I know that I am no one special. And when I say that, I mean like, I don't know who actually listens to my podcast. I know y'all are all out there listening and thank you so much for supporting me. But you know what I'm saying? Like the chances of the president of the United States listening to my podcast, like it's very um, slim. Not that it can't happen, but the the chances, you know, the possibility of it happening. Um, So with that being said, and not only, and I'm not saying nothing, I'm just saying like people who are higher up as far as like, I mean, it's not like the president of Spain or any, you know, anybody of that level is going to check out my podcast. I don't know them, you know, so it's like, I just, whatever. Not that I want to say anything bad about them, but what I'm saying is we got to stop and we have to stand up for what's right. There is a time that is coming and we're seeing it now where when you stand up for what's right, when you stand up for the real Jesus Christ, and when I say stand up for you stand on the word of God 10 toes down, um, you're going to be persecuted for it. Um, persecution is happening in other parts of the world. And here in the United States, um, the Lord has kept us from the persecution However, we're going to see it soon and we have to stand on God's word. We have to stand on what is right. The Bible even speaks of a time where people will say what's wrong is right and what's right is wrong. And we're already seeing it in different arenas of society. So with that being said, secular music should not be played in the sanctuary, in the house of God. And many people 
may feel like, well, the body of Christ is in the people. It is. It and is. We are the body of Christ. However, there is a physical location where we gather and we dedicate that 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 time and that space to be holy. You know, and and a time of, of and space for the Holy Spirit to to visit us and show up. And when we taint it by doing things, and it's not just the secular music, it's other things too. When we taint it by doing those things, it's, it's like we're spitting in the face of God. In a sense, it's, we're desecrating it. I mean, think about, um, now I got to find it because that wasn't a scripture. See, this is, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, was it it wasn't nebuchadnezzar i think it was his son mm, i'm trying to find it belta i think it's belta shazar i know it's in the book of daniel because daniel had to interpret it um hold on one second okay daniel chapter five In Daniel chapter five, I'm just really trying to find out what this guy, Belshazzar, you had Nebuchadnezzar, then you had Belshazzar and Belteshazzar. It, it, listen, I, I knew it, I knew it was one of them. Nebuchadnezzar was his father. Anyway, Belshazzar, the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine commanded to bring the gold the golden and silver vessels which his father nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in jerusalem now if memory serves me correct not that it was i don't know if it was nebuchadnezzar but i know i know the background of this because i read it um was it second chronicles or isaiah i can't remember exactly but i'll tell you i'll give you the synopsis Hezekiah, King Hezekiah was supposed to die. God told him it wasn't Isaiah. God told him, look, you about to die, get your affairs in order, which I think that was very gracious of the Lord because um, everybody doesn't get that opportunity to know that their time is coming and, you know, put your stuff together. So Hezekiah, and that was told to him through the prophet Isaiah. So Hezekiah turns his face to the wall after um, Isaiah leaves. And he says, he starts crying. And he's like, Lord, like, this ain't right. You know, like, I, after everything I done did, you know, honoring your name and stuff, and you, you won't take me out. And so before Isaiah leaves the court, I the Lord speaks to Isaiah and said, turn around and go back and talk to Hezekiah. So he went back to Hezekiah, told Hezekiah, okay, I'm going to extend your life for 15 years. Um, Hezekiah like, cool. So he got, you know, cause he was sick. So he was going to die from whatever sickness he had, but he he's healed. He's made whole. And shortly after that, the Babylonian Kings don't ask me their name. Cause I can't remember right now. They sent a bunch of stuff. Um, asking, Hezekiah, how he's doing, like, we heard you were sick, so we wanted to bring you all of this stuff. So Hezekiah 
proceeds to walk these people through his entire kingdom. I don't know if it was a castle, whatever. He walks them through the entire kingdom, showing them every room, just basically arrogant. I guess he felt like, well, I cheated death. So, you know, <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do. Well, um, Isaiah comes and says, how much did you show him? He said, I showed him everything. I didn't withhold anything from him. Isaiah said, because you did that, they're going to snatch the kingdom from you. They're going to take your sons, turn them into eunuchs. They're going to, you know, like marry off your daughters and do stuff, What, whatever. Like, so the Babylonian empire came and like ravished the Israel, um, Israelites, like took everything and made them captives. That's how D Daniel and... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, ended up in Babylon is because of all of that. So that was the background of that. So Nebuchadnezzar, of course, when Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get there, he's the king. And so when he died, Belshazzar took over. And so this is saying that Nebuchadnezzar had taken the temple, which was in Jerusalem. He took all the gold and silver. That's when they took over um, Jerusalem. Okay. Um, anyway, verse two continues that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. So Belshazzar had his servants bring the golden and silver vessels that were in the temple he brought, he had them take them out. So his princes, his wives, his concubines might drink out of them. These, these are the things that were dedicated to the Lord that were in the temple. Okay. And the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines drinking them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. He basically got like diarrhea. It says that his loins, the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Joints of his loins. Well, yeah. They his Basically, his body stopped working, okay? I'm thinking about the other part of the scripture. It's another scripture where, anyway, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that eventually. But, um... He brought everybody in to ask, like, what does this mean? And they were like, look, they couldn't read it. And he was troubled. But the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house. And the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light. And understanding the wisdom like the wisdom of the gods was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding and interpreting of dreams and showing of heart sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel. So they brought Daniel in. And Daniel said... He, he's reading it 
And um, I'm trying to get to that part. Sorry, y'all, for the hold up. I can't even remember what was on the wall, but I know it was like, um, hold on. I'm, I don't even know why I'm looking for the words on the wall because it's not, I can't pronounce them. Okay. Here it is. Verse 25. It says, and this is the writing that was written many, many tikkul upharsin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Many God has numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tikkul, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, put a chain of gold around his neck. Listen, for those of you who say it's just music, we're the body of Christ. Okay. It's a couple of things wrong with that because I'm not saying you can't listen to secular music. Like I love music. I love, I love, when I say I love music, I love music. I love music and it doesn't matter what genre I'm listening to it. Probably not a lot of heavy metal, but, or, um, bluegrass. I, it's, I might listen to 30 seconds of each, but that's about it. Everything else I listen to. It doesn't matter. It could be in it from another country. I'm listening to it. But one thing that I've grown into is just filling up with worship music. And it's kind of like, I'm at a place now where it's like, why do I want to listen to secular music? When I find myself listening to a lot of R&B music, it's something wrong. I'm in my flesh. So my question is, how are you that comfortable listening to secular music? Because my Bible tells me that don't you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And if secular music because especially R&B, like R&B music, come on, y'all. It's about a breakup, a makeup, or having sex. That's, or makeup to break up to have sex. Like, it's one, one of those three are all combination of three. We done made up, now we getting back together so we can have sex. Like, it, I mean, come on, let's be honest. It's, it's not, it's, it's like, and then you got to also think about how this music is put together. You got to think about what are they doing in the studio when they're making these making these um, tracks, when they're laying the tracks down and stuff. What are they doing? So all of that comes through the music. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's fine. You don't have to believe it, but it is. That's why some songs you listen to, you get very sensual because that was the intention. Don't you know that Satan, who formerly known as Lucifer, was the minister of music in heaven he was sound he was sound every sound that you can think of came from like he was that like he was a walking sound machine he is in charge of the music that's why it's hard for me to believe artists when they say i want to thank god who's the head of my life or whatever at the award shows but they're not singing any songs glorifying him you know, like that's hard for me to understand that. But anyway, back to what I was saying. I want to bird walk. Um, these people took stuff from the temple. They took stuff from the temple and then they 
desecrated it by drinking out of it, by using it in ways that is not godly. We don't, you know what I'm saying? Like that wasn't the intention that was dedicated to the Lord. If the building was dedicated to the Lord, if the equipment and the instruments were dedicated to the Lord, why are they playing secular music? Why are they being used like they're in a nightclub? If they were set apart for the Lord, they're set apart for the Lord. That's his stuff. And I know he can't come from heaven, but you're using it to bring glory and honor to him. You're, you're supposed to be using it for that purpose to help to usher in the Holy Spirit. So it's hard for me to understand how you're using it to get the church crunk. The church don't need to be crunk. That's just me. Now, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4 and 17, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Y'all, this, this hits me too. Because this ain't just for the people that you see on major platforms. This is for everybody who says they're a follower of Christ. Because we're we're all susceptible of falling. The Bible says we we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God every single day. Brandon Lake has a song called Gratitude. Y'all, that's a most that's a beautiful song if you hadn't listened to it. In the beginning part of the song, he says, All my words fall short. Your words fall short because you fall short of the glory of God every single day. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need Jesus. We're sinners. Saved by grace. And it's hard walking this thing. It's hard walking this thing. That's why we have to walk circumspectly. Because we have an adversary who walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's only out to steal, kill, and destroy us. And he's trying to kill our testimony. He's trying to kill our testimony. And I'm going to tell you right now, I woke up. At three o'clock in the morning, I think it was Wednesday morning. It might have been Thursday morning. I can't remember. Woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep. And I was like, I know the Lord didn't wake me up at three o'clock in the morning. I got to work. I turned over, <laughs> tried to go back to sleep, and I couldn't go to sleep. I said, Okay, I'm gonna read the Bible. I'm gonna read something, Lord. And Lord took me to Ezekiel. I ended up reading Ezekiel chapter one, two, and three. Y'all. Because this is when the Lord was commissioning Ezekiel to um, go and and speak the word. He that was that I mean Ezekiel was a prophet, and the Lord was telling him everything that was about to go down. Okay, well, in verse in chapter three, verse eighteen, it says, "When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not a warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Basically, I'm going to tell you what to say, and you're going to go speak to the people who don't believe nothing in me, and... If they believe, then cool. If they don't believe, cool. Because guess what? That's all for you. But if you don't tell them what I told you to tell them, 
and they die in their iniquity, it's on your hands. He said, his blood will I require at thy hand. Now, that was for the wicked. Guess what? He has something for the righteous man. Again, when a righteous man does turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because thou has not given him warning. He shall die in his sin and his righteousness, which he hath done shall not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live because he is warned. Also, thou hast delivered thy soul. The Lord said, and you know what? Let me, let me go ahead and read that in the New Living Translation also about the righteous man. He says, if righteous people turn away from their righteous behavior and ignore the obstacles I put in their way, they will die. And if you do not warn them, they will die in their sins. None of their righteous acts will be remembered and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn righteous people not to sin and they listen to you and do not sin, they will live and you will have saved yourself too. The Lord said to Ezekiel, if you don't tell these people when they in their sin and they're righteous people and they choose to go out and lollygag and play around and you don't tell them. And, and not only that, but the Lord even says he puts out stumbling blocks. He's going to put out stumbling blocks. If they ignore them, they're going to die. And if you don't warn them, they're going to die in their sins. None of their righteous acts will be remembered. Nothing they have done for the Lord, nothing good they did for the Lord to, to bring glory and honor to his name will be remembered. Because you know why? Because their sin, their sin is going to find them out. And everything that they did, everything they built is going to be forgotten. That's what he said. But he said, and, and you're going to be responsible for their deaths. But... If you warn them and they turn away from their sin and do it right, they get back on track. You're not only going to save them, you're going to save yourself too. Listen, listen, y'all. What we have been seeing, what we have been seeing in the body of Christ recently, I'm not even as mad or upset with the with the people who exercised those things i'm more upset with the people who are attending the churches i'm more upset with them because my thing is this why are you condoning that brother and sister in christ i don't care if that's your pastor or not if they're not giving you the word of god straight unadulterated Word of God, if they're not moving and acting like they're supposed to, according to the word of God, not according to your, your rules and bylaws. And I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the Bible. What does the word of God say a pastor should, how he should be acting according to the Bible? What does a, a, a bishop, what is he supposed to be doing as far as the word of God to the Bible? Y'all, we got to go past well, 
they do this for the community and they, but are they living right? Because see, here's the thing. When you love somebody, you correct them. I'm not saying you condemn them. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Correction comes from God. If they're not doing it right, have you not? Like, my thing is this. I didn't see anybody walk out in them churches. I ain't see nobody. I ain't see nobody walking. Hey, I ain't see nobody walking out of the building. <laughs> I ain't see nobody walking. You know why? Because that tells me that happens often. And it's allowed. Y'all, we're in the last days. We don't have time to play with sin. Now, back in the 70s and 80s and the 60s and the 50s and stuff like that, you probably had a little bit of time. You had a little bit of time. I'll give you that. You know, but if you were around my age, you, you might have had like a day. Because we was cut, we cutting the clothes. Now, you ain't got no time. You have no time to play with sin. You have no time to play with sin. Jesus is coming back soon. And even if he doesn't come back for a hundred years, that's still sooner than it was when Jesus was alive. I mean, seriously, it, it was, it's sooner than it was than the 1930s. The Bible says, um, our salvation is closer, is nigher now than it was when we first believed. Like we, it's nearer now than when we first believed. We got, it breaks my heart because I think about me. I don't want to be, I don't ever want to get to the point where I can't be corrected. I don't ever want to get to the point where no one can say, what I'm doing wrong. Like, I don't ever want to get to that point. I want people to correct me. I want people to sit me down and say, Hey, look, you need to stop that. My mama just had to tell me like a couple of weeks ago, she, we was on the way to go get some dessert. We're <laughs> going to Jessup, going to get some dessert. And she sent me, we was in the car and she, when I tell y'all, it was a come to Jesus meeting in that car. I was like, I feel like I was um, ambushed, but you know what? I love my mama. I love my mama for that. I love her because a lot of people, when their children get become grown, like I'm almost 40 years old. A lot of people, when their children are at this stage, they don't, they don't say anything to them. They just kind of no. my mom was like, look, I know you're a grown woman, but Hey, you know, one, two, three, X, Y, Z, ABC. And I was like, you know what? You right. Thank you. You know, I appreciate that. I appreciate the correction. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care. I don't care. Because at this point, y'all, it's about saving souls. The Bible says that if the days were not shortened, the very elect would be deceived. So that's telling me already you got the elect and you got the very elect. Like the, the super saved. <laughs> you know, like you have people who are saved and then you have people who, you know, and when I say that, it's not really, it's not a category of people. I'm just, you know, it's just that you have the elect and then you have the very elect. The Bible says, if the days are not shortened, the very elect will be deceived. And people are being deceived, like left and right. And I believe very elect could stand for people who are in 
positions like pastors and, you know, of that nature, pastors and preachers, people like of that nature, the very elect, the people who spend the like a lot of time in the word of God, they would be deceived. So y'all, we don't have time. If you see your brother, sister, go, you know, like in love, in love, not just in love, in love. But say, hey, what you doing? Wait, where you, where you at? Wait, you good? You good? Check on, check on people. We can't just be so wrapped up in our own lives that we don't stop and say, where's my brother? Where's my sister? Why aren't they, why aren't they at the Bible study? Why aren't they in Sunday service? Like what's going on with them? What you reading? What you been up to? But see people, we, we don't got to the point where we don't want to be in everybody's business. And that's, that's a dangerous place to be because your brother, sister could be hurting and you would never know it because you don't want to get in people's business. No, I'm getting your business. What's what you got going on? What's up? I got my sisters in Christ. They, what you, what, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, cause uh, uh-uh, the Holy Spirit was telling me to check on you. What's what you got going on? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes they just call me out the blue. Hey, you was on my mind. You all right? You good? Everything good? You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to be like that. We got to be accountable to one another. We cannot do this by ourselves. If the enemy, well, not if, but since the enemy is walking about as a roaring lion, do you know what lions do? You know how they get their food? Lions pick off the young, the sickly, and the elderly. They get them by themselves, and that's when they, they take them down. You cannot afford to be by yourself. That's why the Bible says, do not forsake, do not forsake yourself. Um, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves with your brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I couldn't say it straight, but that's what it's saying. You cannot separate yourself from the body of Christ. You're not going to make it. That's like a branch on a tree saying, I don't want to be part of the tree. I'm, I'm going to go, you know, be my own, be my own tree you're going to die. It's going to die. That's like a leaf pulling himself off the branch. Talking about, ah, I can do this on my own. You see what happened in the fall. They fall off and die. You can't, you can't do it. You can't do this by yourself. We have to hold each other accountable. That's why he told Ezekiel, look, (laughs) if you don't tell them, and they die in their sin, you, their blood is on your hands. Whoa, I guess I will tell them. He even told Ezekiel, don't even worry about how they're going to look at you. Don't worry about what they're going to say to you. I've equipped you. I built you for that. I built you to take that. I was like, my gosh, this is a heavy thing. Read Ezekiel three, and 2 and 3. Because this thing was heavy. I had, to, I had to sit on this for a couple of days. Just in just those scriptures. 18 through 20. So we gotta, we gotta do better y'all. We gotta tighten up and do better as the body of Christ. We have to, it's, it's just, it's, it's too important. It's too important. I don't want none of my family members or my friends who are claiming to be Christ followers to fall in these last days to be deceived. 
it's so easy to get caught up with what we see on social media happening to these mega churches and stuff. And we're not even paying attention to what's happening on Sunday mornings in our own church. You got brothers and sisters in there who's struggling and we don't quit. We don't ask them how they doing. We don't ask them nothing. We got to stop being like that. And I'm talking to myself too. Cause you can just, it's just so easy to get caught up in yourself. Um, casting crowns has a song called, does anybody hear her? Does anybody see that she's going down the road today? Like she's, she's tumbling down the road today. Like basically talking about how people are dying in the body of Christ and nobody even pays attention to them. God is not pleased with us. God is not pleased. And do not think that stuff is going to go under. No, no. What's going to happen is judgment is going to start. It's already starting. People, you see these people on these major platforms, they stuff popping out. Stuff is showing up. And here's the thing. This is why uh, we cannot make man an idol. This is why we cannot put all of our, we can't put nothing. We can't trust man. We can't put our hope and trust in man. The only one who can, who deserves all our hope and trust is the Lord. Because we can't trust ourselves. We can't trust this flesh, this flesh trying to kill us. That's, and I heard somebody say, that's why your flesh always want to run back to sin because your flesh not going to the afterlife. The only thing going is your spirit. Your spirit is going to heaven or hell. Your flesh not going nowhere but the ground. That's why your flesh don't care. Your flesh don't care if it's killing you. <laughs> your flesh does not care that it's killing you. Because guess what? It's going to the ground and it's going to go back to the earth. It's going, it's going to de decompose, turn back into the earth. That's it. That's it. Your flesh doesn't go with you to heaven or hell. I, I mean, let's sit on that for a minute. Your flesh does not go with you to heaven or hell. Only your spirit goes. Your spirit and your soul. That's it. Mm. We only have now. We only have now to choose Jesus and to walk righteously before him. We only have now. God says, be ye holy for as I am holy. You're, you become holy when you obey his commands, when you obey what he's telling you to, to do, when you hold yourself and your brothers and sisters in Christ accountable, when you love people, love God, love people, love God, love people. You cannot say that you love God, but then you going out here doing everything that you want to do. That's not being free in Christ. When you Christ bring, listen, when you accept Christ, you have Liberty. You're made free, but you got to know with that freedom comes responsibility. You can't go and do everything just because, Oh, I can go ask for forgiveness. Yes. The Lord is going to forgive you. But my Bible says in Romans chapter six and verse one, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. You can't take his grace for granted. There was a, there is a season. The Bible says that God winced at your sin where he kind of turned an eye. He just kind of turned. But some of y'all, y'all still out there running the streets. 
and you said you saved, you he he gonna hold he holding you accountable. The Bible says the axe is laid at the root of the tree. If you're not producing fruit, the tree is coming down. Jesus cursed that fig tree. It was supposed to be producing fruit. He cursed it and said, you will never. <laughs> Y'all, Jesus was mad at that tree too. He was mad. We're supposed to bear fruit in our season. How you gonna bear fruit when you keep playing with sin? And listen, I had to go through, I had to hear this myself before I got on here. Like I, this hits me too. Like a brick hit me. That's all I'm saying. Like when I saw this stuff that happened at these mega churches and stuff like that, it's so easy to get, to just get in yourself and go, they shouldn't be doing that, you know, and, and judging. But at the same time, that's my brother in Christ. Those are my brothers in Christ. I'm praying for them. I'm praying the Lord open their eyes. I'm praying for the congregations. I'm praying, like, have you prayed for the people or you just talked about them and stuff like that? Like, do you know they got all of that space? They have, let's look at it for real. They have multiple churches around the world. They have a reach around the, around the world. They can reach anybody and have reached anybody. So think how many people, how many souls were affected by what has transpired since the, like before the beginning of the year. Think about that. Like it's serious. This is not a game that, that, that's why I was like, that's why they, um, like it's, it's like, why is everybody rushing to have a platform? Do you know the responsibility that comes with having a platform? That's oof. And the kind of warfare you have to have to be able to, to have a glass of water. As I heard one preacher say, he said, do you know how much hell I have to go through just for a glass of water that I may or may not drink? glass of water on the, on the stage when he's preaching. He's like, you, you, y'all, y'all doing all this stuff just to stand up here for a glass of water. <laughs> y'all like, this is not a game. This is not a game. It's, mm, and I, t like I told y'all, the Lord woke me up out of my sleep and took right to them, to them verses right there. It's not a game. It really isn't. And I, I pray for my brothers and sisters around the world who have platforms because that is a heavy responsibility. Um, I pray God's grace and mercy on them. And I pray that he allows them to come out of whatever it is that they're in, where they feel like it's okay to do those things, where it's okay to compromise. I pray that he delivers them from that spirit of compromise because that's all it is. They're compromising with sin. We cannot play around with sin. Y'all have heard my other podcast, the sin of aching. 
Aiken had his whole his whole family and the animals had to die. All the stuff had to be burnt up. Everything was destroyed. All because he disobeyed. He disobeyed God. He disobeyed the rules. He snuck. He didn't even get a lot of stuff either. That's the that's the messed up part. It's not like he got a lot of stuff. He just had a couple of things and some robes. That's it. Your whole family gone. Nothing left. His name, his family line died with him. That is devastating. And in Ezekiel chapter three, the I think the part that hurt me the, the most about the righteous man is that it said, um, in his righteousness, which have done, which he have done shall not be remembered. Nothing that was built for the Lord. Nothing good that this person or these people do. Nothing good. Even if they did it, which, you know, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. Excuse me, Lord. Because everything the Bible says, what's done for Christ, stands. his name stands forever. But like the charity work, I'll say, all that stuff like that, that's not going to be remembered because of what the sin did. The sin, sin is a disease and it consumes everything. It consumes everything. So, <sighs> sin consumes everything. If you're in sin, come out of the sin. It's okay. We made mistakes, but you can't live there. You cannot, you cannot live in it. Believer, my brother, my sister in Christ, you cannot live in it. I don't care if he told you he loves you and he going to marry you. You cannot keep sleeping with that man. Listen, been there, done that. I don't care if she said you're the only one for her and there's nobody else. You can't keep sleeping with that woman. I don't care that it's just, you know, once in a while, you can't keep doing it. It may not even be as bad as what the other person do, but hey, guess what? To him that knows to do right and does not do it, to him it is sin. You got to give it up. You can't. You cannot hold on to sin and reach and, and, and try to hold on to God at the same time. You can't. You got to let one of them go. You can't serve two masters because you're going to either hate the one and love the other. You're going to despise the one and love the other. Like, it, you gonna, it's one of the, you can't. You can't be hot. God would rather you be hot or cold because if you lukewarm, he's going to spew you out. You're going to either be hot or you're going to be cold. You can't sit on the fence with this. This is one thing you cannot sit on the fence about. You have to make a decision. You're either going to choose Jesus or you're going to choose sin. He says, I give you this day life and death. Choose life that you should live. That's that's the word of God. Whew, I told y'all it was heavy today. Well, it's about that time. So 
y'all just think about this this week like sin consumes every single thing okay judgment begins at the house of god that's why we're seeing this stuff happening and coming out in the church because it's judgment beginning at the house of god and the back part of that scripture is and if it first begin at us what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of god if it begins with the people of God, with the church, with the body of Christ, what do you think is going to happen to those who don't believe in Jesus at all? Yeah. Okay. All right, y'all. I hope y'all have a great week. Y'all love y'all. Share this podcast. Shouts out to all of the cities um, checking in with me every week. Um brunswick georgia my hometown thank you for checking in thank you so much for boardman and ashburn and wilkes bar thank you philly thank you jersey thank you jacksonville florida charlotte north carolina san jose uh st louis uh thank you boston columbus baltimore birmingham new york shouts out to everybody y'all thank y'all so much for tuning in and listening um every week i appreciate y'all i hope y'all once again have a great week love y'all bye